how have I changed? I think that's a good question. Peace is when there's clarity of decisions and clarity of thought. I think sometimes not having choices makes life a lot easier. What is the movie title of your life now? Five years and 10 years. Danny Miranda. Let's see him on stage. Like, go tell one person about the show. Interesting people. Thought-provoking conversations. Nutrition for your brain. Journey through the minds of the world's top performers and discover what it really takes to achieve your highest version. This is the Danny Miranda Podcast. I have a lot prepared for you. Hopefully we can Dude. fit it in. Hell yeah. Um, but before we get started, wanted to give you this as a way to thank you for oh, dude. coming here. Well, I mean, I just stayed at home. Thank <laughs> for, you for, for me I coming. I should give this, should I give this to you. <laughs> no. Did you get to eat some? No, I, ha- I haven't had yet, but yeah, we should go get some tacos. Yeah. Thank you. So, thank you. $100 gift card for Taco Deli. Show the people. Shout out Taco Deli. Sponsor this uh, podcast. Sponsor Danny Miranda. Yeah. Miranda, right? Yeah. So, thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I was doing research for you. Oh, wow. Obviously. You have more stuff? <laughs> and I I was shocked by... So, on Monday night, it says your favorite book. You posted on, on Twitter or Instagram, maybe, was A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller. Yeah. Yeah. So, I do my meditation directly after hearing that. And I start laying down in bed, but couldn't fall asleep. So I said to myself, okay, um, let me read some fiction before bed. And so I go to my bookshelf, a place I've never been, and pull out a book. Haven't pulled the book out of my bookshelf in literally maybe years. And what was it? A different book. (laughs) (laughs) The Bible. (laughs) A million miles in a thousand years. I didn't look at the cover or anything. How weird is that? And you start reading it? Yeah, I, I reread it. Turns out I'd read it already. Didn't realize that I read it. Incredible book. Oh, shit. This wasn't recording. All right, we'll start from the top. <laughs> that was recorded. So that's on. This is on. But now this is on. This is good. Hello, hello. Testing, testing. All right, so you're at home. You saw my tweet. I'm just going to paraphrase. Yeah, go for that it. it was, my, my favorite book all the time is Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller. You were sleepy. You went to the bookshelf. You grabbed the Bible, but actually what you really grabbed was that book. Yeah. And you re-read, You started rereading it? I finished it. it was, it's an incredible book. And then you biked across the country because of reading that book, right? Because of Donald. I didn't finish. I'm going to try to finish it in pieces. It, my, my story got interrupted. What happened? I was. Uh, I read that book, and I think that's like his... It's so interesting, too, because he has a new book, Hero on a Mission. Mm. And his, he's also a... I don't know if you're religious. Are you religious? No. I'm not very religious, but he's a Christian author and I'm Jewish and it's just like, talks about God, but it's, I, I just appreciate his writing. And so he did that and it was like, look, if you want to be interesting, do interesting things yeah, or have interesting friends. And guess what? It's all up to you. You don't, you can choose. And I, and for me, I, I was feeling stuck and I thought that would inspire myself and do something epic. Like how do you do more epic things? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, shit, I'll bike cross country. I didn't have much, as much going on at that time. And so I planned it for a year, and then I started riding from Santa Cruz down to L.A. and L.A. into Palm Springs. And then I got a call midway through that was like, uh, I quit the company, the CEO of AppSumo.com. Eamon was like, yo, it's time. I was like, time for what? <laughs> He's like, it's time for me to step out, and you need to help find a replacement. And so I paused the bike ride, shipped everything home, and I've been here since. And then you started taking over as CEO? I initially was trying to find a replacement because I didn't really want to do the work. 
It was like pretty a sweet deal to like, it's a great deal if you can get something going, like a business model that's working and then find someone else to do it uh, in software or in service. A lot of people miss it in services. I'm like, yo, you can be a gardener, make a lot of money by having other people do the gardening. Mm. And um, so I looked for a bunch of other people and then I had a realization where, A, I needed to actually just step up into the hard work that I was afraid of. And like, what's the hardest thing that you can do? And there's something interesting, and I've been really reflecting on this lately, which is what, the hardest things we do are the things we're most proud of. Like, it's generally not the easy thing. It's almost everything you're proud of in your life, it's like, it was not easy. And so, But for some reason, we tend to want the easy. But the satisfaction, the fulfillment, like, I went on a date last night, and it was just, it was fine. It was fine. But it was easy. It was easy. And I was like, huh, there's something about the hard that does feel more rewarding. Maybe not everything has to be hard. And so, with the the bike ride, with, and, you know, I'm back as CEO, and, sorry, let me clarify. So I'm back and I'm interviewing all these other CEOs. And I think there's also this misconception that people have that every, pe- I don't know if you think this, and this is a, a, one of my f- flaws I would say is like, I think a lot of people are better than me at times. I'm like, oh, this person has a, like went to a better college. They're definitely better. Mm. Or this person worked at like a company now had more employees. Like they're definitely better than me. I think about it in one biking too. I'm like, oh, that guy, that guy's clothing is much nicer than my bike clothing. He must be a better bicyclist. And I think that's actually a common thing. Does this ever happen to you? In some areas, but I think you having that realization pushes you to go harder Derek Sivers has this thing where he's like he believes he's below average because everyone else thinks they're above average in everything so a way to overcomp- op- overcompensate and a way to push himself to be better he says I'm below average so interesting. maybe that is what's going on there I just remind myself that like just because someone has tattoos doesn't mean they're tough mm. <laughs> and usually because they have the tattoos they felt insecure not yeah. always, but yeah, because they need to show off in some way. Totally, not always the case, but anyone out there that's listening that has tattoos, like <laughs> they, I'm they, shitting they all over you. They turned it off. Yeah, the um, yeah, and you just meet these people, and I think what the the point I think that's interesting for others out there is that like we're actually much better than we give ourselves credit for. Mm. You are, I am, listeners are everyone, but we we take ourselves down. We like kind of criticize ourselves. Like we are the worst critic. We're the worst c- coach in the world to ourselves. So that's something to be mindful of and like how to, and then so I'm interviewing all these people and I'm like, oh, they must be better. And then you start meeting them and you're like, huh, maybe I am actually better than I think. Not that I'm, not to be like, I'm the greatest, but I was like, yo, you can actually do this if you want to step up into hard work. And I, and I was like, okay, I need to do the hard work. It's interesting. You, you thought of yourself as worse than, or usually do, but you also had the belief growing up that you were going to be a millionaire for sure. Yeah. So take me through that. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of a disconnect. I th- I always wanted to be rich, and I was like business. I was like love business, so I think it's always interesting. Like if you go to a magazine stand, which magazine do you get? Hmm. And I think it's kind of indicative. Like if you were like People Magazine, which it's okay, or like open a newspaper, what section do you read? Or, or like when you go to YouTube, what videos you're watching? Like I'm watching money. Yeah, I was watching like as a kid, I was always watching about like how do you make more money? Who are the entrepreneurs? Like my idols when I was in elementary school and young were like Bill Gates. Which a lot of other kids was like more sports heroes, which I, you know, I liked it too. But it was really like for my 17th birthday, I went to Microsoft. That's where we visited. Um, I always wanted to do it. I just didn't know how I was going to get there. And then I think the Facebook, I realized this recently, like I think being at Facebook and getting fired and the whole fucking story. It's like, wow, very tra- in my life, it was very traumatic in that I'm not good enough. Mm. Like you, they, I'm not good enough to even be there. And so I think that's planted like the doubt in my head. Like even today, like I'm in, a, I'm in meetings and I'm like, I don't know why these people are listening to me. I don't know why they should be listening to me. Um, and they don't, which is probably, it's a good thing. But it also makes me, you know, insecure in a way that I think has pushed me to 
to learn more, be around better people, to try to improve. Who would you be without that belief? Without the belief that uh, I wasn't actually that good? Mm-hmm. I would just be. Mm. I would just be. I mean, I, what does that mean? I don't know. In some of these meetings, like you definitely second guess yourself. And I think there's something to be said for the intuition that we have and, and how much a lot of us, but I'll speak for myself, like don't trust our gut and our intuition about what we believe. And generally it's like, if you've done what you believed in your gut, like I think there's generally pretty good outcomes. Hmm. So yeah, I'd like to, it's a good call out. We practice more. Um, it's not overconfidence, but just like, Hey, this, you can do this. Cause there's definitely moments to see you. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a good CEO or like, yeah, there's someone better than me or like, so I think maybe just being mindful when that story is coming up. Hmm. One interesting thing when I was doing research for this was how at one point in your journey, you looked down upon the people who followed you. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. And now you kind of are their biggest cheerleaders and supporters. Yeah. Take me through that journey of giving respect and love to the people who consume your message. It's a weird feeling. Someone came up to me yesterday. I was at Eric Sue's conference in town and someone came up to me and they're like, you inspired my entrepreneurship journey. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> and I think it's because my, I don't know if my intent is that, right? Like, is my intent really like to inspire your thing? I think I just enjoy it. Like I'm just enjoying putting out the material, like whether it's marketing material, like I enjoy it and I, I enjoy, I think what I really enjoy is that people are taking the action for themselves, not idolizing me. Like I, I want the respect like, oh, cool. Thank you for showing me that or promoting that. But I want the, I want them to do it for themselves. And, and I think a lot of people like suck on the tits too much. Like everyone likes Andrew Huberman. So I'm like, ah, oh, fuck that guy. Or like, everyone's like, oh, this is, you, did you see that one Rogan episode? Now, oh, fuck that too. And, and I, that's probably a little bit of a flaw, right? There's probably something like if everyone's interested in it, maybe there's something good to check it out. So I do need to double check on that. Um, but I, I I guess for me, I want people to just make their own decisions and do the life they actually want to live, not just because like one person in a podcast tells them to do it. What has helped you live more the life you want to live as opposed to anyone else? Fuck, man. Dude, these are good questions. Uh, It's so funny, the narratives we say, like I'm single at 40 and I was like, the narrative I had recently was like, you're single at 40 because you're choosing to find a person in your life as a partner that you really want and you've had others, but you weren't intentional and um, you kind of go at your own, you go your own way and just being okay with that. The, the question was just like, what was the specific question around that? How have you lived your own life as opposed to not listening to anyone else? Oh man. I mean, I definitely listen to a lot of people like, and I think there's times as men we need validation, but it's kind of like a not manly thing. Mm. Um, so, I think in terms of living my life, like the first thought for me was like when I moved to Austin. So I think for anyone, it's like, leave your, leave your area. Right? Like I met this woman last night and she was like, yeah, I left America and I moved to Europe. It's like, fuck, that's bold. That's really bold. And I think that push, that forces you geographically everything to actually create what kind of story you want. You can always go back to the home. I think for me, uh, in terms of some of it was by force, right? To living the life I want, which was living the life that I didn't even realize is that, I kept, I wanted to have a job and I wanted people to like me and I wanted to be a good employee and it just wouldn't work. And so eventually you kind of have to be like, okay, this is not working and I'm the denominator. So what can I do about it? And so starting my own companies, trying to find ways to make money, moving to a place that was really cheap at the time. Um, And then I think now about living the life I want, 
I don't know. It's probably like, honestly, a lot of therapy. I have a, a council of wise men, which is like my board of advisors for my personal life, which are just a group of guys that we're meeting like next Tuesday. I get feedback from them. I think I have a lot of inspiration. Like it's, it's interesting. Like think about who you hang out with and people say the average of five people. It's not the average part. That's interesting. It's what's the components of each of the people that are interesting. So like my friend Joe this morning, he's like really introspective and like a very deep level. And then I have Neville who's just like, just happy. I don't know if the fuck guy's always happy, but he's just so happy. You know, it's like Homer Simpson's always happy. And so it's just interesting to see who you're surrounded with and what you're admiring about them. And then where does that fit into your own life? Like I have some friends now who are like just hooking up with a bunch of women. And I'm just like, that's interesting to observe that in my friendships, but I don't think that's actually really what I like. That doesn't really give me satisfaction. So I think move out of your area, be around different people or people that you think have pieces of it and then find all the things you don't like. And I think that helps eventually uh, lead you to the, hopefully a place that you, where you actually want to be living. Mm. It was interesting. You were talking about how you saw Neville go on a date. He really enjoyed it and you became jealous or maybe not jealous is the right word. How'd you hear that? (laughs) We do our research here. Okay. And, no, I thought that was like a private text message to him. Did he tell you about that? <laughs> no, he didn't oh, tell me about okay. it. You, you talked about that on a previous podcast. And it was interesting because that's indicative almost of where your values lie. Where you see jealousy in others is often where you are interested in and where what you want really at your deepest level. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things about my whole journey is that, and I think we're people some you know not somehow I, I get why people like me and i think i'm i aim to be fun is that i think i'm accessible and i'm i'm just i i keep it real in that like i'm i don't know it all and i think there's a lot of impression that joe rogan knows it all and tim ferris knows it all and these people and there's nothing wrong with them i i enjoy them i think they do really great work um i think i'm just still figuring it out and i think that's that's kind of how i approach it i think with the neville and the jealousy thing um yeah, I even told him. I think it's really interesting to like tell the people when you're jealous of them and then have that kind of conversation, like go to that next level of relationship. Or like somebody, this popular guy on YouTube who's in business, he was like, he called me up and we started talking. He talks about money. And I was like, bro, why do you talk about money right away? Mm-hmm. It's kind of really awkward to say that back then. And then it led to a good conversation about like he felt he needed to show me status. And I was like, I don't really flex on it. Like, I, yeah, I'll flex once in a while, but I'll tell you, I'm like, this, I'm flexing here. <laughs> this is a flex. But yeah, jealousy. I'm definitely jealous of uh, healthy couples right now. Like, yeah, like I, that's something I'm. I feel like my work in these other areas of my life are very dialed in into how I like them to be. Um, and so I'm like, oh, I think the relationship part is where I want to put more effort, or not effort, but it's been definitely top of my mind. Do you have any specific people you look to in your board of advisors? Yeah. For relationships in general, and what do they do differently? Yeah. Uh, I call it the Council of Wise Men. I think that sounds cooler. Excuse me. Yeah, no, no, it's also good. I, I th- I'm reading this book now, which is so fucking good. It's called When Things Fall Apart. Have you read this one? I've heard of it. It's just been really interesting. So I get anxiety when I'm home alone. I just don't want to be home alone. I get anxiety when I'm not like doing stuff. Like that's probably why I have a YouTube channel. I've started these companies. Like I like making shit happen. Um, and so sorry, I lost my train of thought with this. Um. Your counsel of wise Yeah, men. and so in terms of like the the book and these different things, it's it's kind of reflecting on like maybe I can just be okay with being okay. Mm-hmm. And so my friend came over and worked out, and I really enjoyed what he said. He's like, "Can you just build trust in yourself that it'll all work out?" And I was like, "That's fucking cool." Just like 
trust more in yourself that it will work out because it does like and i think what i notice in my life experience is that i create a lot of tension and conflict and uncertainty and if i could just be okay with that for a little bit longer it'll actually be okay like how many things in life we're afraid of like i was going on a date a week ago and i was like i don't want to date i don't want to talk to this person what if she's not interesting like do i have to entertain her do i have to like get out my clothes you know and then i got there it was fucking great she was cool it was fine but like the uncertainty and like and so I just think experiencing that in general uh, with the dating part specifically, it's like my brother said, he's like, you're for all of us, we're already complete. Like you're not, you don't need to be fixed and no one's going to make your life. They'll make your life better, but you, you know, you're already good the way you are. And so I think, I think that's a powerful message. So in terms of the council specifically, there's a basically, I would say like Adam Gilbert from my body He's out in New York. You should chat with this guy. Um, he's very happy being consistent he's very happy like he lives he lives the same life every day and he loves it like he eats the same breakfast he has the same breakfast egg whites blueberries and a protein shake every day dinner chicken and broccoli and he works out and does and he loves that and so um i think it's interesting to have role models in different areas so i think for relationships i'm always curious i'm like lately i'm meeting some people i'm like do you have a dad and they're like no i didn't really grow up with a dad and i'm like i can tell and so it's like well you need to find a way to fill that role for you as an individual or in couples, like can you find couples that are doing that? So I go to Adam pretty often about this stuff. And the main thing he always says is take your power back. Hmm. That's the main thing he always fucking says to me. Why? Well, it's, it's interesting because I noticed it at AppSumo.com and, and why he says it to me is because like recently I've been feeling sad about my ex. I had a fiance I broke up and I was, uh, I was feeling real sad about it. I was like, damn dude. And I was like just on different shit. And like, I was on some like uh, hormone stuff to get my testosterone up and it actually really fucked my mental state. And, uh, and so I'm waiting for my like ex to show up my door. I'm like literally up at night and I'm like having nightmares. And I'm, like, I really just hope she shows up. And I was like, dude, and I, this is how you know you have a good friend. Cause they talk shit. Hmm. Like you're, be- you're if you want one, a, a best friend is the actual honest ones. They're the ones that like, they won't ride you for it forever, but it's like, if your girl's not good, if you're not being your best, like that is a best. They're keeping you at your best uh, or pushing you to your best. And so Adam's like, I know you're waiting around for her and I get things are going on in your mind and it's not that they're not wrong, but like you're giving up all your power to her in this situation. Like what can you do about it? If you want her right now, go call her and go to her house. And so I think he really encourages me that in all these different situations He's like with dating he's like, dude, you're the man, bro. And I think I have my own like self-worth issues that I'm exploring and trying to work through like all humans. And so with Adam, it's like, well, what are you doing about it? Like, how are you taking like in, in work? How are you taking your power back? Are you blaming this other person or are you going to go fix it yourself? In this relationship stuff, are you blaming that this person didn't show up at the door? Or are you going to go call her and do something about it? Uh, and I think that honestly applies in everything. Like you're complaining about somebody in your at your company. Okay, fire them or coach them to get it better. But don't just complain and sit on the sidelines. Yeah, that's really powerful. And it's it's interesting to me how you spend so much of your time on the business side. It's what you're naturally drawn to. And then... Life has a way of being like, well, what about this other part of your life? And now you're spending maniacal focus on the relationship side. I actually heard one of your friends say, if you spent as much time on finding a wife as you do your business, you'd have a wife in a week. That's that's true. I, it's interesting. Um, yeah, there's, there's probably some truth to that. I think with dating for me, I was never very intentional. And there's no knock on any of the women I've dated I feel, you know, I feel nice. I think there's like a self-worth thing about like, I deserve 
deserves. So like even this house, like you're in this, it's like, like a multi-million dollar house. It's sick. Incredible. But I, it's, it's really nice. I never thought I deserved a nice house. And that was something I just had to work through. Like my own fucking things. We all got our own things. And I think there's a parallel to that in relationships, which is like deserving to be with someone great. And I think now it's not about maniacal focus because like I feel like business is very controllable. Yeah. And it's very hard to control other people. Yeah. Um, I just think it's about intentionality, which is now how am I being intentional that I'm meeting people and like being clear on what I need in a partner and what I deserve and what they deserve. And then finding people that actually fit that. And I think the two things that I'm observing in, in dating and, and meeting partners um, is one, is it organic? Mm. Right? Like I think that's something I've noticed in life. Like what are we organically doing? Like what are we doing for free? What are we doing in our spare time? How are we meeting people that it just feels more natural uh, versus forced? And um, I think, I don't know, just, I, I think the other thing is just try to take it fucking easier. <laughs> I think there's like a little yeah. bit of this, um, like this whole house experience was, uh, I've, I've thought about this a lot where like I lived in a really shitty house that had like walls falling down and cracks and all this stuff. And I was like, I really want a nice house, but I didn't even know what a nice house was, was and I didn't feel comfortable spending the money. But then when COVID hit, I went to like this Malibu beach house, which was sick. It was sick. It was like the coolest thing ever. And then I, I got a nice house and I was like, wow, this is cool. And so I think sometimes in life, like I went on a date recently and I don't know if your show is supposed to be about marketing or business, but we're talking real stuff. Um, I went on a date recently and I was like, oh my God, this is the bar. This is the bar of what quality looks like. And it was just nice to know what exists. And so I think in general for all aspects of her life, it doesn't just have to be material, but like try these different things out and see what levels you can actually obtain or what kind of vision you can really create. Like working at Facebook, I could see a guy who had a vision that was literally, I'm going to do something that's global. He's not like, yeah, I want to do like a little thing, which is fine. There's not like a, one is right or wrong. It was just cool to see that, that that's there too. Like there's this level of talent. There's a level of vision. Meeting women. Like, wow, there's a woman that's like an entrepreneur and can be a mother and can be like, I'm Jewish, like Jewish and these different things. And um, nice to know, uh, you know, what could be possible. It's hard when you don't have an example to point to of this is the North Star. But then it also becomes like, comparing yourself to that North Star, right? So you work with Mark Zuckerberg, you see what is possible, and then you say to yourself, well, I don't have that vision. And then do you, do you start like hurting yourself because you're not that, right? Is that is that a possibility? I mean, I think we're all just really fucking tough on ourselves. I think high achievers, it's hard to say high achievers, but was I mean? But like, I think people are very just critical of themselves. Like my word of the year, my phrase of the year is be nice to Noah. Wow. Just like BNN, that. BNN, be nice to know. And it's fucking tough. Like all day long, I'm uh, pretty critical about like pretty much everything I'm doing. Like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten this lunch that we, that's off camera. You, know, you came over. I thought I was a little mean to you because I was on another call. And it's just, no, no, no. I'm just saying this is like in my head. Like, and I think there's something um, like even people I see at our company, AppSumo, who are, are very high performers, like they're just really mean to themselves. Mm. And so I think everyone could be a lot kinder to themselves. And I think the second thing, that was actually really helpful recently is just really documenting where you're at and how you're making decisions and how you're thinking about things. And I think the more that we have time for that, it could be meditating, whatever works just like, but documenting it so you can revisit it. And then like these different time frames, you're like, huh? Like I came, I was revisiting why I broke up with my ex and I was like, Oh, these were, it's like the fact that every other month was just up and down is really hard. It's like, I can see why that's in the moment you miss the companionship and the security. So I have to figure out how to give it to myself but it was interesting to be able to see what I actually wrote to under, like to my truth. Um, in terms of the vision thing, I've, the one thing that's really helped me 
is when I feel stuck or when I feel like I don't know what to do, it's like, all right, well, what, how can I put a plan together? So this is something I even talked to the guy about yesterday and I was reading yesterday, which is I do a fantasy list. So it's like if I'm wanting a vision in a company, which was your original point, like what is my fantasy of the rest of 2022 look like? And I was looking at mine from last year. I mean, I can pull it up, but it was like buy a Rolex for my friend, get a certain house, do this at the company, go on these adventures, do these other types of not only activities and material, but just like what are the other things that you're aspiring to? And when you start like crafting what kind of crazy vision and story Donald Miller you could create, you're like, oh, this is achievable. I can actually do this. This is exciting. Let me go live and do that. Yeah. That, that's powerful. And take me through what it was like then to revisit all those things. And yeah, let's see. Let's go through. Yeah, let's see it. Um, dude, your questions are interesting. What, do you, what is your audience looking for, by the way? Or what are you looking for? I'm looking to be the biggest podcast in the world. And I want to ask questions that are interesting to me. Your questions are some of the best in the world. It's, it's more, it's almost like tiring because it's, it's processing. It's not the uh, shallow ones. I appreciate it. And, and it hits deeper in person too, right? I did 230 of these over Zoom, over Riverside. Are they it's, sponsoring you? What do you say, Riverside? <laughs> that's my <laughs> recording software. <laughs> no, I know who they are. Just the fact that you have to say it. Yeah, so it's different in person. It is. And I feel different asking these questions in person. Yeah. Like I really sense how you're being moved by them. Yeah, it's definitely t- hitting versus like, and, and including myself, I, one of the things that I'm assuming we're building like a thing called an operating, it's called MOM, Master Operating Manual, which is what are our operating principles? Hmm. So when I die or when I leave, what are the rules of behavior? And basically it should just be boundaries. And then within the boundaries, live however the fuck you want. But it, it makes it clear. And so one of the things that we try to talk about, and, I, and, we're, and I, it's not happening. That's why we need to, to encourage it not enforce it, but encourage it is pre-work. So you did the pre-work. Yeah. So when you came to the actual thing, it's, it's deeper, better, richer. And I need to do that myself at times. Uh, so yeah, so this is like fantasy 2021. This is last year when I wasn't feeling good. It said, if you could do anything without restrictions, how would next year look? It's nice t- to have the night alone. Um, Which is fascinating because that's maybe what you're living right now is what you wanted then. And now that you have it, you want something else. Yeah, I one I told I was talking to my buddy this morning. He has got a wife, and she's finally him and her are good, and him and his other stuff is good. But now his work stuff is like challenging. And I'm like, is it always whack a mole where like yourself and work is up, and then your relationships down or relationships down? But I do think there's got to be peace. There's a level. There's got to be peace where it's like your relationship stuff's good, you're good, the work's good, and it's it's maybe all the same thing. It's just how your mind is looking at it. Have you heard of Gay Hendricks? Do you know who yeah. that is? He's somebody who I've interviewed for the podcast. Who, oh, nice. Who is, it seems from the outside, that is full in every bucket. His relationship, his work, his play. Like, it seems like he's got it covered. And he's a 75-year-old, 76-year-old. And when you hear him speak, it's with a level of joy and enthusiasm that Dude, hell yeah. I, I think everyone should attempt to try to live with. And it's possible. And he's somebody who you could look at and say, okay. You don't have to play whack-a-mole forever. There is a way or a person or a, a hero that I could look at that shows it's possible. Dude, hell yeah. Yeah. I think that there's something to be said with like, what are the hard things that we're avoiding? Got right, right like, here. I mean, I can talk about some of them for sure. Please. I've already kind of shared some of it. But I think in general, it's like, what is, you know, we have a saying at AppSumo, it's uh, taken from Reboot, which is like, what are the things that are not unsaid? What are the things that are not being said? And then let's say those and resolve it. And I think 
Um, with some of the self-development stuff, like I'm personally working on anxiety, being alone, not having to need a partner feeling, how do I father myself? Mm. Like, how do I parent myself alone? And, um, you know, I think I try to numb myself with drinking or distractions or work or YouTube or stuff like that. And, but there's times where lately I'm, I'm practicing, which I think that's a really important word for people practice. I think people are just like, I'm so hard on myself. I didn't do this. It's like, well, you're, it's practice. Like when it's not the game, it's just the practice. Um, so I think working on those stuff will eventually lead to a place where there's more peace, where there's not like, I don't have to have a partner, but I'm ready when that partner's like when I'm, when that's organically there. Hmm. How do you practice more peace? Fuck dude. Uh, how do I practice more peace? Um, I think it's interesting. It's honest. The first thought to me is like cutting things out of my life. <laughs> I, it's probably cutting is the, the, not literally. I don't know if people are like watching like, dude, is it cutter? No, I mean, sh- uh, that sucks for people that do that. I've seen a few and I'm, I hope they're okay. Yeah. Um, this week was real. Let me just take a step back. So one, let's finish that and we'll take a step back. So one, I think just removing shit. Like if you look at your week, I think there's, there's a component of like, what is actually going on this week that you're like, this is where I, how I want my week to be and what is not. And that is what creates uh non-peace so like i had someone someone was wanted to go for a walk and i was like i really just don't want to go for a walk and it's like on my mind a lot but i think a lot of times we do it that's why i think 80 percent of people get married to people they don't want they're like oh i'm supposed to get married this person's here like it's good it's hard to to do the hard thing which is like i don't know if this is actually the right marriage i don't know if this is the right meeting Mm -hmm. and so cutting that i think leads to peace um i was just trying to think of like what you know taking a step back like what is peace Right? And I think peace is when there's clarity of decisions and clarity of thought. And I think for myself, what's helped me have more peace lately is commitment. So if you want more peace, just commit to something. Because I think where I've felt frustrated is like, am I CEO of Epsom or not CEO of Epsom? Am I going to be dating or am I not going to be dating? Am I, like last year, was like, am I going to be drinking or not drinking? Am I going to be doing drugs or not doing drugs? Am I going to be doing YouTube or not doing YouTube? And so like, I've just committed to doing YouTube forever. Hmm. At, least, at least 10 years minimum. So that's like forever to me. And so there's not really, it's peace. It's not like I'm going back and forth. It's like, that's a commitment. Um, dating right now, there's like some non-peace because it's like, do I want a Jewish person or not Jewish person? Do I, I've generally dated Asians. Do I want to not date an Asian? And I think it's like, I kind of had a, a moment where I was like, I'm just, I want to marry you. I haven't fully committed to that yet, but I'm like, I think that will lead to more peace. Um, and then maybe it's also interesting to reflect the moments where we have peace. Like one of the moments that you're just like, this is peaceful. And I think the thing is we're saying it out loud and processing it, or I'm saying it when I'm at my kitchen table and I'm alone on a Sunday and it's like 3 PM and it's nice outside. And I have, uh, I have a lot of anxiety. I have just like tremendous anxiety at that moment, but it's really just all on me. That's tremendous anxiety about what? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Cause I like during the work week, it's like you have work and you have meetings, you have stuff and there's like the next day, but on weekends like kind of open. There's like so much possibility that I almost get like restless and like anxious. And the practice that I'm working on in terms of getting more peace with that is just being okay with that. Just being okay that like, I don't know what to do. Being okay that like, I don't have something to do. Being okay that like, I don't have to fill the time up. Um, and then just being ni- nice to myself about that. And that, that yeah, I think that's going to lead to more peace. It's interesting how being okay with not knowing is something you just said, but you are trying to put... <laughs> Uh, restrictions on who you want to date. Yeah, I mean, I think the the part where I, I thought we were going to go with it as well is that in business, 
specifically. And I think in life, it's like very goal oriented. It's like, I want to make this money. I want to make the sale. I want to get this job. I want this tweet to do well. Or I want this podcast to do well. But on the uh, other areas of our life, it, it doesn't, I don't know if it's always as helpful to have that, that level of like goal orientation versus just like, I want to find peace with what's going on here. And it's more like a system goal versus an, an outcome goal. Yeah. One thing Donald Miller mentioned in that book was about how there was a family who moved to Montana, I believe, and they were living in Los Angeles, beautiful house on the beach. They moved to Montana. They do hard things. They have a, a much more difficult existence and they find so much more joy from that than living in Los Angeles on the water. Makes you think, you know, it may, what is, what is that? What is that? Um, like trigger for you? There's a few different thoughts there. Um, I think sometimes not having choices makes life a lot easier. Mm. It doesn't feel easier, but it, it uh, it's like, I just decided not to drink last year while I, until I became CEO. And it was just honestly easier. It's like, this is just like, it's like being a vegetarian. You're like, well, I just know I don't eat meat mm-hmm. It makes your decisions on food easier. So there's something definitely there with like, just how, ha- but at the same time, I do think on the other side of that, having all these fucking rules, like I go biking on Tuesdays and I have two beers and that's just my rule. Or like I do, I don't know, like I don't eat from two to four and that's just a rule. It's like, why the fuck? Who's, who's making these rules? <laughs> and sometimes it just is like, I think it creates a little bit more confusion and, uh, not trauma, but, uh, it just, it's, it's draining. The other thing I was thinking about is just like, I don't know where it came from. But it's like, I, it's funny how we like to see people fail. Hmm. There's Go a, fun, on that. have you ever heard of Schadenfreude? No. It's a German word. It's Schadenfreude. I'm probably saying it fucked up, but it's basically the idea that like, we like to see others fail. There's joy in it. And, um, I was thinking about this Dan Price guy. You hear about this guy? No. Dan, Pri- you've probably heard it, but he's this famous guy in Seattle. That was like the guy that made everyone get paid minimum 70,000. And so everyone got paid well. And he's really all his posts are about how like um, CEOs get paid too much and that the workers need to get paid, which, you know, it's an interesting thought. And I think there's, there's definitely merits to it. But then he got caught like waterboarding his wife and then just like sexually assaulting or something, supposedly, allegedly, this other woman. And it's funny how we're like happy about that. Like, oh, yeah. OK, there's another edge to it. Who's happy? I think people are happy for his downfall. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy, that, that's why he was trying to do that. And I don't know what your original question was about, like having a simpler life, but it was just interesting how as a society, one, we probably f- focus way too much on others versus ourselves. Like we're so fixated on, on all these other things. Um, but it's interesting. Just like, <laughs> why, do, why do we do that? I don't know. Like, that's what you asked me what triggered me. That's what it triggered. It triggered like the joy that people get from seeing others fail. <laughs> yeah. Have you noticed? It's, from looking at your story from afar, Oh yeah, it's, I'd love to hear. It seems like it's a, and you're really interested also in what other people think of you, yeah. which is something that keeps coming up again and again in my research for this. But it was like, you're so focused on marketing when you're beginning business, making money. And then slowly but surely you came into trying to find something deeper, going deeper with yourself, going deeper, like, is money really what I'm after? Or is there something more to all this? That's the sense that I get. Is that accurate? How how have you viewed your your path to a more deep and rich life? It's it's interesting. What is the meaning of life? 
right? I mean, and, uh, if you wait for the the premium course, you'll find out, right? Like the, <laughs> that's the when, and it is funny because you meet people like Donald Miller or you interview Gay Hendricks, or and we were like, that, well, that fucking person figured it out. I need to copy them, and it's like they don't fucking know either. Exactly, they have their own fucking problems. Exactly. Um, I I reflect personally that I don't want all my tombstone and my obituary to be about how much money I made, or like. Because at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, I really don't, I don't think you think, or when you're sick, it's really, have you been sick recently? Yes, last week. Oh, yeah. When you get sick, like my Achilles hurts, I'm like, fuck, dude, I don't give a shit about my crypto. I don't care about fucking, I don't give a shit about my tweet going viral. I'm none like, I, matters. none of it matters. And so how much properties you own and all that stuff, does it make life a lot easier and all these other things? Fuck yeah. And I would, I don't think I would trade it. And so I just wanted the balance. And that's why I left San Francisco. Cause I was like, yes, you guys have lots of money. Yes, you're changing the world and you're still going to die. Hmm. So in that time frame, is impacting a million and billion people really going to finally make you worthy? Hmm. And um, I think I struggle with that. You were talking about like putting out content and having people and like respecting the audience, which is it's been um, it's been hard. But I've also it's like created I've got to meet a lot of cool people from that. And so I think the point I'm trying to make about money you're, you're asking is just like I don't want my tombstone to be a net worth. And then I think that is the question. What do you want on the tombstone? That was the question. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought of myself as a pretty nice guy, pretty kind, like I'm thoughtful, but I'd like to be kind, more kind. Um, here's a kind one. Let me ask you this. So anyway, finishing that and then I'll ask you a scenario. I'd like to be a kind person. Uh, that would be nice. I think I'm pretty kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think about Neville on the tombstone. Neville is like, it's like, Neville, what do you hear on earth to do? He's like, just have a good fucking time. Yeah. Like, don't think so fucking deep. There's something to be said for it. He's just like, you're sad, you're happy, you have both emotions, and you just keep enjoying and you live, move forward. And then there's something beautiful versus like, I think at times, and I agree, there's a circular depth of like, well, why do I have this trauma? Or why do I feel anxious? Versus just like, okay, you're a little anxious. Be okay with it. Go do something now. Yeah. Right? Versus kind of sulking it. Um, here's the situation. This guy I don't know, I know him from the internet, not very well, is sick. And he needs $35,000 today or he's going to get kicked out of his house. Yeah, what would you do? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the relationship. I don't. I don't know. really know him. He's just a guy I know from blogging for ten years, like very lightly. Yeah. So what would I do? Yeah, I mean, like, it's just an interesting scenario because I don't want him to get kicked out, and it's like it sucks for him to to do that. Yeah, maybe start a a Kickstarter or tell him to start a Kickstarter. Yeah. I was like, maybe I could buy your house and you could live there for free forever. Right. How does having money change your perception of like the things you can do and the people you can help do you feel an obligation to help every person you see now because you're like well i could could save that person i could do this i yeah and it's also interesting because you hear in coaching like i'm trying to learn how to coaching yeah i'm not trying to learn, where it's like you want them to learn themselves and if you give them the money they're not gonna learn themselves um i think with money in terms of saving people i don't have that much to save everyone I think part of the content things I put out, it's really from the way I look at it, it's like I'm trying to just show my experience so that you can do it for yourself if you want to copy some of my playbooks. And I enjoy it. I like the responses. Um, Where I feel sympathy or I want to help people are the ones that don't have the chance. So if you grew up white, and I'm going to say white because people never talk about white, in in a poor ass thing with just a single mom and your dad was a deadbeat and you're in like some middle of nowhere, either in Europe or in America and you don't have any help, like, I think that person needs a chance. Hmm. So how do we help them? Or the Mexicans. I love Mexicans. My favorite race. 
<laughs> I love them. I love Mexicans. I thought Asians were your favorite. Asians are my favorite females. <laughs> I mean, I'm open to others now. I'm open to Jews, you know, and um, which we can talk about marketing with with that. Because there's, I'm going to. Well, so in terms of the Mexicans, I see these guys having their 11 year old kids mowing lawns, and we need people to mow lawns. And if people like mowing lawns, and there's a lot of money to be made mowing lawns. And if that's what they want to do, I'm fuck, I'm all for it. I'm all for people making their own fucking choices. What I'm not for is that they maybe, if they want, to have a chance to play on a computer and make a fuck ton of money or have a chance to actually be in a different type of job. And so how do we empower that? Hmm. Um, that's more of what I think about money. I feel bad for the, the workers that don't want to be working. I feel like the ones feel bad for the workers who are working, but maybe not on what they didn't even know they could do. Hmm. The ones that are fucking sitting on the sidelines complaining, I'm like, fuck them. There's a lot of people like that. How do you start helping those people? I could probably do more directly. I, I don't. I mean, the con- you could argue like the content I put out is to help people on their business journey. Uh, we've done a charity bike ride where we donate laptops. Um, you kind of poo-poo uh, your own stuff, you know? You just, you like, <laughs> I, we gave laptops, whatever. Like because... Like the, how much is enough, I guess. Yeah, and also from my perspective, it's like, you almost are looking to put down yourself. Hmm. Why? Uh, in, that specific, in that specific instance, it's just like, oh, how much is enough relative to what I can do? Hmm. And then where am I, what am I optimizing for instead? Go on that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. What are we optimizing for? Like, are you optimizing your podcast? Because like this kind of show, is this really the show that's going to get a lot of people watching? I don't know but you're optimizing to be the biggest podcast in the world. And so then it's thinking about, well, what kind of shows create that? Right. Cause you're, you have a different, you have a specific ambition that you have to do specific actions for it generally. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Maybe, maybe not. Joe Rogan didn't optimize his for anything. He was himself and he paid the price of the years and the audience came to him. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of other nuances. There's a, yeah. But, no, that's, that's, I'm happy to be wrong. Uh, what, uh, yeah, I don't know. There, I think there's something I'm still trying to explore why I take myself down. Like I had a one of my friends last night. We were at dinner, and th- this girl, like this girl's texting me to like hang out. And she's like like aggressive about it. And she was real cute. And my brother's like, dude, you act like you got a 12 inch dick, man. Like stop acting like that little pecker. <laughs> I was just like, and I appreciated that. And look, I do think there's times where I'm like, damn, I'm great. And it, and I, I do think there's times, but I definitely think there's probably more where I'm self conscious about it. And where I ask people, you you said like, damn, you seem like you ask people for validation a lot. And I probably do. But I also look at it as I'm trying to get feedback on how to improve. Yeah. Right? I'm like, where do you see areas? So to your point, thank you. And I think you're right. I probably could be kinder about the things I'm already doing. Like I employ people at the house, like this house, like there's a house manager and there's people. And like, I think it's kind of cool. I pay these people so that they can, are they the best? No. But I keep them because of loyalty. And I'm like, at least I can support them. Um, but yeah, I could probably be kinder overall to myself about these different, uh, different things I'm doing. Hmm. You know, on the commitment piece, you said that YouTube was the first thing where you saw it through or made the commitment. And, you know, I would also argue AppSumo, you ran that and have run that with commitment for a long time. But with the YouTube, when did you make the decision, okay, I'm going to commit fully to YouTube? And, like, how has, how have you changed because of making that commitment? Mm. 
How have I changed? I think that's a good question. I made the commitment after a year. So when COVID hit, I, I, I started COVID during COVID, like March, 2020, I started putting out videos and I was just cause I felt good. I felt really secured. And, uh, and as I put out videos after a year, I was like, ah, oh, you can take this seriously. Like, I think I've had a, a, a narrative. I had a used to have, it's so funny that this is an interesting point that has blown my mind recently. What are the narratives that we have overcome? Yes. I think that's really fascinating. I used to have this narrative that I was going to sabotage myself and I'm like, if you still do like, I don't know who said that, but, uh, sabotage myself. And I don't, that narrative's gone. Like, it's like, you're not going to sabotage yourself. You have great people around you. You set up systems in place. Like that's not going to happen. And, um, I think in terms of the, the narrative of YouTube is that like, I don't see things through, I don't follow through. Like I'm a starter, not a finisher, which to some extent, I, you know, I potentially need to embrace that more. And so I think with YouTube and with AppSumo, uh, it is, tr- it is committing to how do I sustain? So after a year, um, after a year, I was like, all right, I hired, I remember I hired Jeremy, who's our producer now. And I was just pretty nervous. I was like, he was like, this is the salary is lower so I can share it, but it was like 67, 70,000 for a producer. It's much higher now. And, uh, which I can't share. And I just remember thinking like, fuck, oh my God, I have to pay this guy. And like, what if it fails and all these things? But it was like, all right, let's see it through. Let's, let's commit to it. Like, let's commit a year and worst case scenario. Like he goes and finds another job. He has a good experience and you see how much you grow. Like, how has the commitment changed me? Um, I don't know. It's almost easier. It's easier to know that I'm going to be doing this stuff. I think the the interesting point I've noticed with, like, committing to it is, like, I am very intentional about how to sustain in these actions, right? Like, anyone can do anything for a month. Anybody. And so, for me with YouTube, like, we do some of these videos where I knock on doors or I, we're going to go knock on cars this weekend or I knocked on yachts last weekend and I just, I told Jeremy last week, I was like, I can't do this all the time. Like, I don't want to. It's not, it's not, it should be fun, but it's like, it, I do think life should be fun. It's just like, I can't only, if I only do these videos, eventually I'm going to stop. Mm. Why? Because it's just not, it's not something I actually, I think the real question for a lot of people is like, what would you do for free? What are you doing when no one's watching? Not even about content creation, just in general. Like, what do you want to do when no one's watching? And then just do that. Yeah. And so when no one's watching, I want to make a video here where I'm talking about marketing. Or showing like how we run a, a meeting at AppSumo or talking about different like mindsets or things that I'm, I'm learning that I, I get excited to promote. Like I'm a promoter. I'm an evangelist. And the reality is no one watches that on TikTok or YouTube, <laughs> right? And so I have to be mindful of, okay, well, I can do parts of that in a way that I think people will enjoy. It won't reach a larger audience yet. And then I have to do, but I also will do the other side where I know it will reach a larger audience. Mm-hmm. So I try to balance... Um, I guess we're calling it like pleasure videos or, you know, passion videos versus like banger viral videos. Yeah. Cause the ones you knock on people's doors, everyone will watch. Yes. And you don't feel joy or, or real, a sense of purpose <laughs> doing that. I think there's value in it that it shows people the power of asking. Cause they're like, Holy shit. If you just ask people for things like, Hey, can I, like I asked John Deloria, can I was on the phone. You saw when you came over, I was like, can I have a, like a whole day with you? And he's like, probably not. I was like, can I have a morning with you? Probably not. Can we have like an hour? Sounds great. Um, and so I think there's, there's, that's great. I think with the, those videos specifically too, I'm always happy afterwards. I'm always really proud afterwards. Like I did this yacht one where I, literally for two days in Miami, I just went up to yachts and I can afford the yacht myself, which is kind of like, and it's not a, it's not, it's not a flex. It's just like, I'm walking out and be like, Hey, tell me about your yacht. And it's like, I'm like some sh- sh- shlemiel, like some bozo, but it's like, 
afterwards, I'm proud that I did it because it was hard. I'm proud that I got to meet interesting people. And I do think it's content that is beneficial. Can I do that all the time? It's very hard to sustain because like I'm working a lot of the day in AppSumo. I have some hours on a book. And then if I'm spending all my weekend on a, uh, doing YouTube, I get it. If Elon Musk is working all day and running all these fun companies, it's fine. I don't think it's bad. It's just like everyone should look at different playbooks. Donna Miller's playbook, Danny Miranda's playbook, Noah's playbook, and then figure out what playbook they want to play with themselves. And so for me, doing all that stuff is just not sustainable. It's a good realization. You mentioned sabotage before and how you hear the voice in your head of someone trying to sabotage you. But then you know you've overcome so many of your own attempts or your own mental talk. How have you gone about changing your narrative with yourself? That narrative specifically came from my father having it happen in his business, which I think is, is common. I don't think any things are very, I, I think that's where I try to share my stuff, which it's like, I'm not unique. None of us are unique. These problems are all pretty common and we can all get through them. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good, but it's, uh, it's possible. And so I think people have to figure out their own way of resolving whatever thing they need to work on, like how to learn, like learning how to learn is such an interesting question because there's many ways of doing it. You can watch a podcast, you can watch a video, you might have to draw it. You may need a coach. You might need all of it. Um, so in terms of sabotaging, it was like a lot of therapy and it was a lot of just talking about it. Like, okay, wh- why would you do these things? Why did you do the sabotage? Is it actually sabotage? Um, and then what, what are the possibilities of how you could sabotage? And then, okay, well I could sabotage. And I, I think just putting a plan together in general is fucking great way to solve things. So like I could sabotage myself by like making a lot of bad decisions in the business. I could sabotage myself by not having enough money. Uh, I could sabotage myself by like changing things dramatically and then it's like, okay, well, why don't you put stuff in place to hedge on that? So I hired people that challenge me and don't agree with me almost ever, right? Like I put a lot of, I had, used to have a lot more money in cash, but I have enough, enough that I can survive for a year. Maybe, yeah, give or take. <laughs> um, and then just like, just also just rewriting the narrative mentally. Yes. Yeah, just, re- oh, it's interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, rewriting the narrative mentally where it's like, why, you're not going to, like you're making good decisions. And I feel like I am. I feel like I'm, I was trying to think about like, yeah, most of my day, it doesn't even cross my mind. I was just trying to, I was actually reflecting as I'm going through this, just like, you can be a lot kinder to yourself all day long. <laughs> like if anything from this chat, I think people just like be fucking kind to yourself. My best friend Tynan, he says that any, he had, a, he did this thing where anytime he said something negative about himself, he had to say a positive hmm. every time. And so maybe I'll, I'll practice that a little bit more so that after I'm critical of like, why did you, like I had a, a date last night and it, it was great. And then this morning I'm like, Oh, you, you shouldn't have done that. Why'd you do that? And it wasn't even like, it was good. It was still like a fun time. Like I would say it's 70, 30, yeah. but I'm still like critical of it. And it's like, dude, chill the fuck out. But that, that non chilling has also worked for me. It's like, I think when people have a chip on their shoulder because they got fired or their parents or their ex or whatever, that's a motivator, which is excellent. But at some point it only can get you so far. And so you do, I, I do want to also build the other side of that capacity to be alone, to be anxious to be at a place where it's not even from sabotage. It's like, well, how do I do like the coolest things I can just keep doing? It doesn't work. That's okay. Like at least I'm doing the thing I want. Hmm. One thing that's really helped me with that negative voice in the head is writing. I love myself a hundred times every day. Really? And it sounds so corny and I would have clowned myself for doing this five years ago, but I'll clown you now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but the, the crazy thing is that when the negative thing happens and you hear the negative voice against yourself, the next thought is I love myself. And then you feel whole, or at least I do. And it's worked for me. So, what does it mean to love yourself? 
it means that you're content in any moment being with yourself. It, when that happens, it doesn't matter if you're late. It doesn't matter if you're on the phone. It doesn't matter if this podcast doesn't go well. It's all good because I love myself. How this conversation, you say, oh, these are great questions. How do, how do those questions come to be? Because I'm content with them being, with this being the worst podcast. And when that's the case, when you're content with anything, because you know at the end of the day, you're whole yourself, everything else is just gravy. We had an amazing conversation today. Just gravy. Like it's just icing on the cake. That's a beautiful thing. But if it wasn't, it's all good because I love myself. Is that a practice or how do you practice that? It's a daily practice. You write, I love myself. I write, I love myself every day. I try to say I love myself in the mirror whenever I get the opportunity to, literally out loud. And similar to working out as a practice, you know, you go to the gym three, five times a week. You write, I love myself every day because it's, it's something that you need to reinforce and find those grooves. And I wouldn't talk about it if it didn't like actually change yeah. the way I operate with the world. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, man. What's he? You hadn't right on. <laughs> Throw it on the list. Put on, dude. I put on, dude. If people, the difference between remembering and forgetting is writing it down. People don't write f shit down. It's fucking. All, it, I'm just like people tell you ideas or they tell you books or things, and you're just like, oh, cool. <laughs> I'm like, um, so before we go, I want to ask about Mitchell Cohen had a great question. He's like, I've never seen so Noah, one person, stay in touch with so many different people. Oh, that's interesting. How do you go about staying in touch with so many different people through Slack, email, text, everything? Yeah, I've always been a connector. I've always enjoyed it. I think the simplest thing, I'll just give you the simplest it's not a hack or any the game. I literally almost all, not almost, literally 100%. If I think of someone, I just tell them. That's it. I had a friend years ago. This was about 15 years ago. His name Grant. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I thought about you last week. He's like, why don't you tell me? And I was like, oh, really? And so now I just reach out wow. all the time. That's so impactful. It's just when you think of someone, just tell them. And just be like, hey, I was thinking about you or... Um, yeah I, it's also not my goal I, I don't to be clear it's not my intent to be like how do i make sure i keep all these things warm so i could eventually use them yeah. <laughs> it's not um i genuinely just enjoy it right so on fridays i have a reminder that's like wish three people happy shabbat and so it's always the same three and i do like samantha anton my mom um i'm in different groups i don't know just i enjoy interacting like one of my passions i guess i would say is like finding interesting people and then I enjoy like interacting with said people. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I do that. That's something I just naturally for free am, am doing. It, it's also interesting when, when times get tough, which is inevitable for all of us. Maybe not. Maybe not for Danny. Maybe, maybe it is. Um, who do you call? Who do you call? And so I think it's fascinating to reflect on that and like who would we call and who's really there for us? And then if it's not a lot of people, it doesn't have to be a lot. It can just be one. But if it's, if it's not one, it's like, okay, maybe that's something I want to work on. It's interesting how our favorite memories in life are always with somebody else. Rarely are they alone. Uh, Is that true? No. No, I mean, I, yes and no. I've had a lot of great memories with other people. 
But I, I, two memories that were like very big for me was when COVID hit, I went alone in a van for three weeks. Mm. I did see a few friends during it, but like my favorite time, I went to Terralingo, Texas. It's fucking nowhere. There's no electricity. There ain't nothing out there <laughs> except like guns and people that have six wives. And um, very friendly people though. Yeah. Very friendly. And so I just was alone out there and it was, I think that's something I've, I've gotten back to. Like a month ago, I went and did camping for a weekend by myself and sometimes i i'm just a good reminder for me like the solitude was very memorable Hmm. and just being okay being out in camping being out in the desert and just like okay you're just out here and it's gonna be okay no phone no uh i think camping i had some phone but i just like i went mountain biking i cooked what i wanted to eat went a little disc golf put on an audiobook chilled that sounds like loving my yourself that was great that was great yeah yeah it's nice to treat yourself I think it's like there's material items to treat yourself, but I, I think what, what you've identified, which is, you know, I think something I'm working on. Like I go to therapy. He's like, he said this line to me. It's so fucking good. He's like, man, you have an enviable life with a non-enviable psychology. Wow. I was like, dude, I'll pay you. Here's the 125. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I do think the question is like, um, you know, with, with specific problems, it's like, okay, well, what solutions? What are the options here? And so maybe it's, I love myself. I'll practice that. Um, and it's not that I, I hate myself, but I definitely think it's more, it can be neutral and, and, you know, fluctuating versus like, I think Tynan is fucking like, I had this day where I was really happy all day. And I was like, Tynan, is this what it's like every day for you? He's like, dude, every day. Who's Tynan? Tynan.com. He's, um, he's one of the original nomadic bloggers gotcha. and he like, he just lives, he, he knows what he likes and he lives a very specific life that like people find fascinating cause it's different. Mm-hmm. Like he bought a place in Vegas for 30,000 and it was like, oh shit, you can live in Vegas for really cheap. And then he did all, he just does all these life hacks and, but he's very clear on what he likes and he's very clear on like what he wants to do and what, what, what serves him. And it's just like, so you ask about like how I'm growing or how I work on these things. It's also having the people that I'm like, okay, Tynan, I mean that, that like Highlander, the movie, yeah. or not where I kill my, my best friends, but like, okay, I want to learn more about that. Neville's just always even and peaceful. I want to learn that. Adam's really consistent. I want to learn more about that. And then I, I get self-conscious. I'm like, well, I don't know what these people get from me. Hmm. And so I asked him, I'm like, yo, why do you hang out with me? And they're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right. Yeah, it's interesting how you said you go to therapy so you could learn to live like Neville. It's just an a interesting way to, to think about it. And it's like, dude, your life is amazing, you know? But giving yourself credit to believe it and to live in that. Do you ever stop and think to yourself like, wow, I this is an incredible life or wow, like I'm so blessed or I can't believe I'm here. Like, do you, do you have any of those moments? Yeah, pretty often. I think it's easy materialistically to have that trigger, right? right? Like to walk around or like I have a massage person come once a week or like just different things that happen. I'm like, dude, this is insane. <laughs> like I was in the date that was over last night. And I was like, dude, this house is crazy. <laughs> like I have an arcade room with like two pinball machines and I'm like, I can't believe they let me buy them. Right. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's not, it's easier to have the material identification uh, I think in terms of everything going on, like I, f- I can't believe I have the friends I have. I had this feeling lately that, and this is just the, I guess maybe theme uh, that's helpful. It's like, it's all going to work out. Yeah. And it's just more of like how much confusion and stress and um, hardness do I need to make it as it's working out? Like this house is the example of that. Like I told you, I lived in a piece of shit and I was depressed and like, I was sad about it. And I was like, I'd like to have a nice house. And for like two years, I like stressed about it. Mm. And I think it was like, you could have still gotten this nice house to, in two years without all, it's not that, not about hard work, but it's just like being more at peace with the process. More, and you know, people say, it's, not, it's the journey, not the destination. <laughs> I'm like, yo, fuck you, man. Like, let's just get to the end. 
and so I, I do think at times it's it's you know when i'm biking or doing different things like trying to just be okay with the journey hmm. well i think that's a beautiful place to wrap it up um i really appreciate you for being so vulnerable yeah dude this is like so a therapy honest. my therapist canceled today i guess you came and he called you in <laughs> for being so honest your openness your your way of expressing yourself i think you're gonna look back at the end of your life and be really proud of the way you interacted and the what you shared and what you did because your journey is i think something a lot of people can learn from and the fact that you have the ability to verbalize it and put it out there is really something special so thank you thanks man yeah i uh i think that's an interesting call out like interview your i wish i had more interviews of my dad so interview your family like use your phone voice memo record it it's like the easiest way to have those memories but i think what you're saying which what 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 so thank you for that sometimes i don't think all of us take compliments well uh but it's also interesting to document where we're at where our head's at so that in six months you have an artifact that you like look back on you dig it out and you're like huh yeah like i have grown i am i'm moving in a in some direction hopefully positive yeah well we'll hopefully be able to look back on this in 10 years and dude that's what what do you think about being 10 years what do you think well, for, for you in 10 years what do you think will be hopefully with one of the biggest podcasts in the world hopefully touring doing stadium shows uh with the podcast no and, shit yeah all right i'll come to a show yeah well 100 you'll hopefully be a guest <laughs> on one in the austin version or wherever it is right on um but what about you there's in the you got to read the new donald miller book heroes on a here on a mission i got to. did you buy it no i'm gonna buy it right I'll, now. i'll buy it for you digital or physical or we'll figure it out after i'll get you i'll get your copy and uh, he said this thing that I really liked, of like asking people it. And it's like, what is the movie title of your life now, five years and 10 years? I love that. Yeah. And so the ones that I came to, and I'd love for you to share as well. First one, the movie now today is called Wild Card. It's just Wild Card. Like I'm a little, it's just a little wild. Like I'm like happy and then sad and then I'm intense and then I joke, but I'm like, then I get mad. And then it's just like, it's like kind of wild. It's like, I'm like progressing on this and then I fucking backtrack it. And just like, it's all over the place at times. Yeah. So it's a little wild. It's, it's wild. It's like a maverick. And then in five years, the movie, it's, I guess related to what we talked about, it's called Found. Found. Yeah. Like found myself, found the things I want, found the things I don't want. And I, I, I have some of it, but I feel like that's just, it'll be found. I'll be found. And mm-hmm. I mean, you could already argue I'm found now. But I'm sure my mom's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but that's how I feel. Like it's I your feel perspective. Found. Yeah, I feel found. And then in 10 years, I, the movie, as of now, is called Family Man, where it's like less... You know, my life, like, I've thought, like, if I hadn't have so much work stuff, like, if I had a family, would I even have, do I even have the space right now to add a person in or other people in mm-hmm. or even an animal in? And kind of, I could prioritize it. But I do think it's like prioritizing that area of my life and being like, I don't know, being a good dad. I think those are beautiful missions, beautiful ways you've, you've, uh, looked at that but i i also want to suggest that we don't know the timeline Oof. okay you know all those things could occur in the next month or you know like <laughs> maybe not the family we'll do, we'll do a sequel and, one, and yeah. things take time but but in in serious we we live in a society that is so structured in that you go to high school where are you going to be after high school everyone's asking where are you going to college after college what are you going to do after you get a job so it's so structured in a way but life after college doesn't seem to me, at least, that structured. It doesn't seem like, oh, so there's this thing that happens and this thing. It can work that way, but it also can work like things happen out of nowhere and unexpected things happen. And you're working on projects you didn't think you'd be working on 
10 years later, right? So life doesn't really happen in the way that society has almost outlined for us. And we, by doing that structure of five years, 10 years, we say, okay, I, I will be a family man at this time in 10 years. But like, what if you're meant to do it earlier? <laughs> so I, it's just something to think about. I, I think that's good. There, there's a lot of arbitrariness in almost everything. Like, what's your goal for revenue? That's fucking <laughs> arbitrary, dude. Why not higher? Why not 1% lower? Yeah. Do you, do you have thoughts for your movie titles? I think once I figured out my tombstone, I started trying to live it every day. And that has just made the world happier, healthier, and wiser. And if I could do that, if I could live that every day, five years, 10 years, it'll all take care of itself. So and it's the same movie. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that there won't be journeys in every, in five years, 10 years. And this journey that I'm going on right now is the podcast journey. And maybe it's not the podcast journey and it's something else. And I'm open to that. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of the movie that I want to live. Made the world happier, healthier, and wiser. And how do you do that? You first need to make yourself happier, healthier, and wiser as well. There's a lot of longer conversation about that. What's up? No, there's a long conversation about that. Yeah. I well, didn't need to get rocking now. Well, thank you for so much for all the time. and As well. Um, Give me some stuff to reflect on. Love to hear that. And where can we send people to connect with you further? Just check out the show, man. Danny Miranda. Let's see him on stage. Like, go tell one person about the show. <laughs> I appreciate that tremendously. Thank you. Good shit, man.